Welcome to the Week 10 Transactional Tidbits, where we give you a consumer perspective on ads, drops, and diagnostics. To any new listeners, I am Skyward. This is JWB. To any returning listeners, y'all are the best. If you love fantasy football, please make sure that you subscribe to the channel. We are trying to hit 2,500 subscribers by the end of the season. Welcome. You're listening to JWB Fantasy Football. Thanks for listening. Okay, as always, guys, make sure that you go on into the comments and let us know who you are trying to pick up and who you have to drop. Because in order to add someone, you have to drop somebody, and that is just as important of a decision. Without further ado, we always start with our must ads. These are players that you absolutely should pick up. So Tank Dell is the first name on the list. He's probably rostered in our your leagues. We've had him on this list almost every single week so far this season. He was my sleeper prayer call on the week last week, and he came through in a week winning way. If he is out there, must add him. Don't be shy pairing him with CJ Stroud, should CJ still be available in your one quarterback leagues. Next, we have contextual as these are players that you can add, but the context is very important. Uh, our must-ask this week was a little short, but that's because there weren't any names that jumped out the sheet to me as players that need to be on every single roster. We're going to start with Taysom Hill. At this point, like we said, we said last week, you know, three weeks in a row in the top six, and then he did it again this past week. He's got the Vikings next week, and then the Falcons and the Lions off the bye week. You can do a lot worse than Taysom Hill. Next player is Keaton Mitchell. Mitchell went off in week nine, but it was just 10 opportunities and an 18% snap share. I'm certainly adding Mitchell, who ironically I dropped on most all of my redraft teams, including Scott Fishbowl last week, but I'm tempering my expectations if I do add Keaton Mitchell back. Gus Edwards has been solid in his role, and Mitchell may be a tougher player to predict week to week. What I do know is our landmine call of Justice Hill after both weeks one and two are paying off despite the pushback that we got at the time. Next, we have uh, DeVito here for the Giants, the quarterback. You can add him uh, in two quarterback or superflex leagues, but I'm not expecting more than a back end QB2 finish at best. I'll have DeVito ranked as a QB3 uh, when he starts, barring any breakout. Next, we have Jahan Dotson without Curtis Samuel. It appears Jahan Dotson has earned his way back into the mix, and we don't know at this point if Samuel is going to play again next week if he does not. Jahan Dotson will be a wide receiver three in our rankings and will be in your lineups. Next, we have Khalil Shakir. Basically, just deeper leagues, PPR formats, but he has solidified himself as Buffalo's wide receiver three. Uh, he's a tough start at the moment, but if there is an injury ahead of him, I think that he's ready to expand his role. He's shown that he is a dependable target. He's fine as a stash. Next player is Tyler Algier. He's rostered in just under 55% of leagues. So I am obligated to remind y'all that Tyler Algier needs to be the last player on your bench for his contingency upside. He may be a sneaky flex next week against Arizona as well. Josh Dobbs, the next player. What a story. If you play in a 14-team league or a deeper 12-team league, Joshua Dobbs is shockingly on that streaming radar. He's coming off back to back quarterback one finishes. And then he's got New Orleans, Denver, and Chicago in his next three. It would not shock me to see one or two more QB one finishes in that stretch. This group of weapons and the O'Connell system has been very kind for Kirk Cousins' fantasy value, not to mention Justin Jefferson may be back sooner rather than later. 
Next, I have a couple defenses and kickers I always try to throw out to get ahead of that waiver wire. Uh, just as a reminder, please check out our special team spotlight video that comes out on Thursdays where I give you streamers for kickers and defenses that are rostered on less than 55% of leagues. We are hitting at a 67% clip for top 12 thus far into the season. Now, the Indianapolis Colts, they're coming off a huge outing versus Carolina, and they have the New England Patriots next week. They're rostering just 10% of buys or some 10% of leagues before waivers. I think that the Colts are a must add. Uh, the last name I'll mention for defense before is the Seahawks. I think that they're intriguing versus the commanders. Then they have the Rams in week 11 for kickers. Again, I haven't dug into my nominees for their special team spotlight yet to solidify my kickers and defenses. Otherwise, why would I do that show if I put them all here, but I'll toss out an early name for you guys. That's going to be Brandon McManus coming off of his bye week. I temper expectations first in San Francisco. I do think top 12 is within the range outcomes there, but uh, the Tennessee Titans thereafter is a very, very good matchup. He's a place kicker seven on the season despite having his bye week already, and he's been the place kicker two since week five. Our last in the ad section are our landmines. These are players that I think you should avoid. They're going to be really tough to start. So if anything, they're just clogging up your bench for players, uh, especially backup running backs that I think offer a lot more contingency upside. First player is Demario Douglas, who we talked about last week. I think he's a fine player, and I had him ranked rate right as a back-end wide receiver three this last week, which went against him being on our landmines last week. Uh, and he did prove himself as a team's wide receiver one. But again, his fantasy value it's only in deep PPR leagues. His usage just won't get it done. Otherwise, he's too close to the line of scrimmage. You're looking at like 10 points, like a back-end wide receiver three, high-end wide receiver four at best. He's just not in your shallower leagues, your start seven-plus kicker defense leagues, or you know two wide receivers in a flex. He's just not that guy that I think I would want in my flex. He doesn't have the upside that I would like in that spot. Um, yeah, and he's got his bye week in a week. Uh, I just can't imagine you're going to be starting tomorrow, Douglas. I think that he just burns a roster spot. And we got Noah Brown. Brown had a wide receiver three overall finish on the back of a really deep touchdown and CJ Stroud's nearly 500 yard, five touchdown game. Brown is a fine real life player. Haven't been huge last year for Dallas early on, if you remember, but he's been a tertiary option at best. Uh, he's dependable and he can be moved around the formation, but other than blocking, I wouldn't say that he's above average at any particular skill. Completely avoid this ad despite seeing him top five in the trending on sleeper. Next player is Cade Otten. Otten is a serviceable safety blanket here for Baker Mayfield, but he's one that will likely never be more than a mid tight end two in my rankings. He's just not dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's not dynamic down the field. Uh, you can stream him in favorable matchups, but this was likely his best game for the season and perhaps of his career with Tennessee and San Francisco in his next two. I'm just not sure that he's worth the ad. Ty Chandler. Cam Akers went down once again. I feel very bad for the guy, but the move off of here, it's not adding Ty Chandler. I think you're wasting your time. He wasn't even worth the ad before Akers went down or before Akers came to town, I meant to say. Uh, if there's a move to make off of the Cam Akers news, it's to sell Alexander Madison. Next, we have Odell Beckham Jr. Save yourself the headache. We have OBJ in this column every single time he sporadically pops up. I'm not adding o Odell. I'm not playing Odell. And the last one in here is the Chicago Bears defense. I see Chicago creeping up the trending page due to an upcoming challenge versus Carolina. On the surface, I can understand why. Carolina's been 
really poor. And they gave up a huge defensive outing to the Indianapolis Colts last week. Uh, but I just cannot get myself to play a defense that could drop me a goose egg on Thursday night. The difference here is the Colts actually have a respectable defense. That's an awful way to start the week if you play the Bears and they give you an absolute dud. Stay the course and check out our special team spotlight, as I mentioned a few times already um, on Thursday mornings to decide your streamers for the weekend. Before I move into our diagnostics, our injury section, I'm going to give a couple of players you can drop. As always, for JDB, for the brand, I have to start every single one by saying cut Jameson Williams if for some reason he's on your roster. Next, Will Levis. In one quarterback leagues, we had said add him because it was the Thursday night game. You could add him for free. Just drop your kicker, your defense, or the worst offensive player if you do like your kicker defense. And then you can see how Will Levis did on Thursday versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. A really tough matchup. He did look fine. But if he wasn't a world beater, we said you could cut him, add back your kicker defense or a contingency back, uh, and we can move on here. Will Levis, I don't think, is going to be in my top 15 moving forward for quarterback uh, rankings. So in one quarterback leagues, he can be cut for now. Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman, I think you can just cut right now. Uh, Kyron Williams should be back off of their bye. Uh, Henderson was just a volume play. He was mediocre best in his starting stint. Keontae Ingram and Amari DiMaccato. Um, You can cut James Conner. Looks like he is coming back. And for Keontae Ingram, as the clear lead, Ingram ruined lineups. There's no point to rostering the guy. Uh, the last two names here are Roshan Johnson and Deonta Foreman. With the three-headed backfield, there's no point in predicting this. We also don't know how this offense picks things back up. And we have the lead back there with Khalil Herbert coming back into the mix as well. Last, I just want to say hold on to Trey McBride. Um, McBride really needs Kyler Murray back. It's disappointing that he had to go from what he did with Joshua Dobbs to then have to go out there and do what he did with Clayton Toon, who had nothing going. That team, that offense just couldn't get anything going. They didn't even score. Uh, they struggled to get first downs. That's never going to be a good day there for Trey McBride. But with Kyler Murray back, and it's looking like that's going to be sooner rather than later, we are optimistic for Trey McBride down the stretch. Get ahead of this one here. Uh, the next three matchups before Pittsburgh and the bye are also very solid streaming options. So if Kyler does come back, I think it's going to be right back into my top 12 or right on that fringe title one starting point. Next, we have our diagnostic section. Guys, this is for injuries on the week. I'm going to start with Justin Fields and his thumb. He's labeled as 50-50 day-to-day. I think this is one, just like the last couple of weeks, is just going to come down to Sunday morning or Saturday night when we really know if it's going to be Tyson Badgett again or if Justin Fields is going to be back out there. Next, we have Khalil Herbert with his ankle. He should be back in next week. It's going to be a tough play until we know exactly what his usage is, but optimistic news is he's going to be back. Damian Pierce, uh, he missed last week with an ankle injury. Devin Ziegler didn't do particularly fantastic in his start without Damian Pierce. Uh, Pierce is going to be questionable for next week. If he does end up going, he's going to be an RB3 at best, though. So this isn't a really big update. Jamar Chase hurt his back there against Buffalo. He's living with his 50-50 day-to-day. Uh, this is just one we're going to have to monitor as the week went on. Uh, the coaching staff gave us very little to work with with Jamar Chase. Next to TJ Hawkinson with his ribs. I think that he should play. Kevin O'Connell says that he should play, so we don't have to worry too much about him for next week. Next is Justin Jefferson. We talked a little bit about him already, but with his hamstring, he's labeled as 50-50. I wouldn't hold my breath if he's taken off IR this week, but the good news is Jefferson is going to be back sooner rather than later, and managers worried that Minnesota may have shut him down for the year should be squashed. Now, Kyler Murray with his knee, 50-50 for next week. Just copy and paste what I just said for Justin Jefferson. It's getting optimistically close. He should be rostered in all formats if for some reason he's not rostered in your league. Next, we have Debo Samuel with 
his shoulder injury coming off of the bye. He should be good to go. Drake London missed last week with a groin injury. He should also be good to go next week. James Conner with his knee. He should be good to go next week. This could be big news for managers who have been plugging that RB2 spot with whatever they could find over the last few weeks. Talking about running backs that could fill that RB2 spot for you. We got Dave Montgomery with his ribs. He should be good to go finally next week. Tentatively, he will be a mid-low RB2 in my rankings. Next, we have Joshua Palmer with his knee status for next week. Well, he's not going to play. You can cut him. He was sent to the IR. The Jets were just a brutal matchup here for Quentin Johnson, but I think you can speculatively add him with Joshua Palmer going to the IR. Next for the Giants, just a whole slew of them. Daniel Jones confirmed ACL. Tyrod Taylor, broken ribcage, IR. Darren Waller with his pesky hamstring, all of them IR. Uh, you can take Saquon out of this because he's a guy you just absolutely have to play as the only last guy in that offense. But all Giants are pretty useless moving forward. Their defense, who has the defense won over the month prior to Sunday, they're just going to be a tough play as well with little expectations that DeVito leads the Giants to pretty much any victories moving forward. Curtis Samuels next play with his foot injuries questionable for next week. We're gonna have to monitor that throughout the week. But the takeaway here, we are starting John Dawson as a wide receiver three in the event Curtis Samuel does not play, which is looking like a real possibility. The last player in our section here is Zay Jones. I just want to bring him up with his knee because they were non-committal, but whether or not they're gonna slide him to IR despite putting him considered day to day. So I do not think he's gonna be playing next week. Uh, and what this just says is that we're playing Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, and Evan Ingram every single week, hoping for the best. Section four, if we could have here, I'm going to include the bonus this week, a little buy low, uh, sell high here. And for the buy lows, we're going to repeat two weeks ago, our calls here telling you to buy low on Bijan Robinson or Jalen Waddle. Should the managers be impatient or really nervous? I'll add Kenneth Walker into the mix here as well. Any package of an RB2 plus a wide receiver two for those three players is a home run in my opinion. Uh, talking of RB2s here, our sell highs are two names that I would be tossed into any of those packages, and that's Gus Edwards and Raheem Mostert. Neither are a must-sell, but if either can get me closer to Bijan or Breeze, you bet yourself I'm exploring this before we see Keaton Mitchell or Devon Achan potentially get worked back in or more. I'm going to be much more picky on where I uh, deal Raheem Mostert, though, as he could have RB2 standalone value even when Devon Achan comes back with how good this offense is. All right, that does it for us here, guys. As I mentioned before, we got started. We are trying to get to 2,500 subscribers by the end of the season. So please go down and smash that subscribe button and help us achieve our goals. In the description, you're going to find a couple of things. A link to our Discord where conversations are going all the time. A link to our Patreon where you can ask me a million questions. A million starts just a bunch of bonus content, including my notes for show sheets like this one, as well as my quarterback rankings on the week are going to be posted into the Patreon moving forward. And then a clips category we've taken every single player. It's pretty self-explanatory. Go look at it. And if we don't have a recent take on a player that you would like, go down into our Discord and let us know. And I will make a clip for you. We'll add them to a show sheet. All things JW Fantasy Football are just at JW Fantasy Football on all platforms at JW underscore FF on Twitter. You can find the pin tweets, got information where to find all of our team and all of the great follows. Definitely go make sure you check all of them out, and I will catch you guys next time.